Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us all that once was good. And it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. 30-something movie podcast, episode number 253, Look Who's Talking. And we're an audio podcast, so you can't really look at who's talking here. But who's talking this time? It's John. It's Bo. It's Pat. Gentlemen, how are you? Great. How are you doing, sir? How are you? I, it's it's late on a summer weekday night, so I'm doing fine. I am I am all caffeinated up with my tea right here, right. Um, but uh, ready to go, ready to talk some. Look who's talking. Yes, a definite, a decidedly uh, lighter uh, movie than last week. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. If you if you didn't listen last week, it was born on the Fourth of July, and while those might have a similar theme you know look who's talking is about a baby and look and born on the fourth of july talks about being born they're not the same movie at all Mm-mm. no not Mm-mm. anywhere near so most definitely uh, not. yeah no 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 so but if if you like a, a uh, if you like a good anti-war movie by oliver stone feel free to go back and listen to last week's episode uh if however you are interested in more of the lighter fare of a john travolta kirstie alley movie uh which has a talking baby voiced by bruce willis you've come to the right place Mm-hmm. So that's going to be our episode this time around. Very, very quickly, we are a spoiler podcast. When we talk about movies, we spoil everything about them. We don't really hold back. So this is just kind of your warning right now. Even mm-hmm. if we're talking about new movie news or a movie that we saw, you know, just recently in the theaters, we probably are going to try not to, especially if uh, other people on the podcast haven't uh, watched it yet. We're not going to spoil everything about it, but we will probably talk about it a little bit. So if you just don't want to be spoiled at all, just be aware. Um, you know, we're not trying to get people to go away and not listen to us, but we just want you to be aware that we really, we don't hold back too much unless we all kind of talk and realize that we still haven't seen the rest of stranger things season three yet. Um, Uh, but by the time this podcast comes out, I will have seen it at least once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You say that, but don't worry about it. No, 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 I will. I will. (laughs) Summer school doesn't start until later in the month. So I will have seen it by then. I have too many other TV shows to get caught up on not to have watched it by then. All right. Fair enough. Um, we, you know how sometimes Facebook will show you things that happened in, in past years on the same day. Mm-hmm. It shows you, you have, you have memories that are popping up. Um, the other day was our anniversary or I guess oh. at this point, with this, when this podcast comes out, it will have been a couple weeks ago now, but when it was our anniversary earlier in July, uh, the memory that popped up was, that uh, Sharon and I, it was for our 13th anniversary. So it was three years ago. And I think the the status that I had posted on Facebook was in honor of our 13th anniversary, we are recommencing our search for the 13th colony and watching Battlestar Galactica all over again. Oh, wow. So we had gone done. through and we'd already watched through it once. And so we were going through it, watching through it a second time. So I think we've, 
and, and we kind of talked about it when I, when I read that to her the other day, I was like, Oh, it's been three years. Do you think it's time to watch it again? Yeah. Might be. So, Might be. <clears throat> so who knows? Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows, but that's a totally different thing. Uh, if you've not yet left us an iTunes review, please do that to iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, leave us a review there. Uh, iTunes is very helpful because they're kind of like, you know, the superpower of, you know, podcast reviews and all that stuff. But uh, we would just love to hear from you and, and what you're enjoying about the show. We interact with some of our listeners on Twitter and Facebook, all those different places, but um, leave us a review. If you like what you're hearing, then leave us a review and let us know. Visit our website to 30podcast.com. That's got ways that you can interact with us. If you want to do it over Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Letterboxd, any of those. We try to put some uh, put some st other stuff up on the website sometimes, uh, along with all of our episodes, and, and just give you a place where you can go to to get all the different ways you can get in touch with us. Call the love line if you want to. Um, leave us a voicemail and, and let us know what you're thinking about some of the movies that we either have coming up or ones that we've already talked about. We would love to hear from you. So that being all said and done, the only movie news thing that I have right now, and just the irony that this came up today, was... Um, because I was going to look back and see, I don't think today is like the actual day that um, Look Who's Talking came out, but uh, no, because it came out in October. So I thought this was ironic that this came out today as we're recording this. They are talking about doing a Look Who's Talking reboot. Oh, dear. And hmm. the, news, the news stories about the reboot are all posted today, like hmm. the day that we are recording this. So... Um, yeah, I, they're talking about, uh, they're going back and kind of up talking about updating it for a modern audience, a diverse cast, you know, all of that, uh, you know, kind of going through and, and having that be part of the basis for the reboot of this. Um, so obviously, you know, with this movie, there are definitely ways that you can update this to 2019 or 2020, whenever it will be that this comes out. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, I don't really have too many other things to say about it, but um, it just sounded like they were kind of taking the idea of really enjoying this movie back when it came out and they just wanted to kind of bring it to a, a modern audience. So, right on. Mm -hmm. So, I saw that today. So, just want to make sure I mentioned that. All right. That being said, let's go ahead and we are going to jump back in the DeLorean to go to this week in 89. We are looking at July 19th through the 26th in 1989. Uh, got a couple things here, uh, on July 19th of 1989, the NFL owners vote unanimously to form the world league of American football, uh, mm. which operated from 1991 to 2007. Uh, this is also otherwise known as NFL Europe. Hmm. Did you guys ever watch did I, was this ever on TV in it the was. States? Okay. It was. Okay. Because we went to at least one or two London Monarchs games when we lived over nice. there. Um, yeah, you could catch it, you know, ESPN2, Weird okay. Hours of the Night. The Ocho. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> Read my mind. <laughs> yeah, I remember we came over because in the stadium, um, I remember we had, uh, we went to a Cowboys game. It was, I think, the, the Cowboys and the Detroit Lions were playing a preseason game in London. And that was kind of a way to like, you know, get everybody excited about it and then get you to come to London Monarchs games. Right. Um, and I feel like it's either Munich or Berlin. I think it was a German team. And I remember one of the, the, the only London Monarchs was game. One of the, Berlin was one of the good ones from what I recall. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think the one that we saw, and I, I forget what the rest of the team name was for Berlin. I know it was the London Monarchs, and I can't remember what Berlin was, but th- that was one of the games that I remember seeing there. And I remember having some London Monarchs stuff, like a, a baseball cap or maybe a T-shirt or something like that. But um, yeah, I, I remember going to a couple of games and just being like, this is great. Like, they even have like the right kind of football here, too. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Which, which obviously, the right kind of football. Right, you gotta which be careful when you say things like that. That'll get you didn't, punched. Over didn't there. go over well when I would talk that way with my friends at school, but no. yeah, that's all right. I'm I'm still an Arsenal fan too, so that's okay. Oh, there you go. Um, but yeah, so that was uh, from '91 to 2007, uh, and it's longer. If you had asked me how long it operated, that is longer than I would have stated. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I yeah, I didn't realize it went into the 2000s. I kind of thought it was yeah. just '90. Well, you know, it's all good. Not a lot of big crowds there, so. No. no. I hear they're trying to revive it, though. Well, yeah, and they're also trying to redo the XFL, so we'll see how that goes. Right. There's there's money and guys bashing their heads together, so. Right. So a question for you, Bo, because you might know this. Is arena football still around? (sighs) Yeah, I believe it is. Okay, because the Chicago Rush are not still around. That is correct. Okay. Because we went, I think one of the last seasons they played, we went, and that was, uh, Sharon was pregnant with John, um, so it's 2007, and I think it was some kind of anniversary of when they won the championship, because mm-hmm. they were giving out like little replica trophies of the championship, and that was a lot of fun. Like I was like, oh, this is something I could see, you know, can't afford, can't necessarily afford a lot of Bears tickets, but this right. is cheaper. I could definitely go see this more often, and it was a lot of fun, too. Um, but then after that, I think after about 2007, 2008, they just didn't exist. Yeah. Anymore. The Chicago rush are done, but there is still a team in Washington, Baltimore, Atlantic city, Philadelphia, Columbus, and Albany. Okay. So just East coast. Yeah. Okay. All right. It probably makes the travel easier and all that jazz. Right. Right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah. Um, also it's, fun. it's a fun version of football for sure. Oh yeah. It's a little bit more fast paced and mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, July 21st, 1989, Mike Tyson KOs Carl Williams in one minute and 33 seconds for the heavyweight boxing title. Oh yeah. That's the, if you had pay-per-view, you didn't get your money's worth on that one. Uh No. Um, and then on July, two days later on July 23rd, 1989, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, the English actor who played Harry Potter in the Harry Potter series of movies was born in London, England. All right. Uh, the top book was The Russia House by John Le Carre. The top movie was Lethal Weapon 2. And the top song was If You Don't Know Me By Now by Simply Red. Our movie this time around is Look Who's Talking. It came out on the 13th of October, 1989. Rated PG-13 with a runtime of 1 hour and 33 minutes. Directed by Amy Heckerling, who also did Fast Times at Ridgemont High, National Lampoon's European Vacation, and Clueless. Producer on this one was Jonathan D. Crane, who died in 2016. He was also producer for Face Off and Battlefield Earth. So a lot of John Travolta stuff. Writer on this one was Amy Heckerling, the director. She also wrote for Clueless and Loser. Cinematography by Thomas Del Ruth. He was a cinematographer for The West Wing, The Running Man, Stand By Me, and The Breakfast Club. Music was done by David Kitte, who also did music for the TV series Mad About You, the movie Clueless, and Scary Movie. 
budget on this one was seven and a half million. Box office was 297 million, so it did pretty well. Reviews, Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 59%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it a 47%. IMDb gives it a 58%. Letterboxd gives it a 54%. And CinemaScore, folks who went to see it in the theater and were polled as they were leaving the theater, gave it an A. Starring John Travolta as James, he was also in Saturday Night Fever and Pulp Fiction. Kirstie Alley was Molly, she was in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and the TV series Cheers. Olympia Dukakis was Rosie, she was in Moonstruck and Steel Magnolias. George Siegel was Albert, he was in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and the TV series The Goldbergs. Abe Vigoda, who died in 2016, played Grandpa, he was in The Godfather and Barney Miller. Bruce Willis played the voice of Mikey. He was in Die Hard, The Sixth Sense, and Moonlighting. And Twink Kaplan played Rona. She was in Clueless and Loser. Here's the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. TriStar Pictures is pleased to announce... Put me back in! A star is born. Boy, I gotta think about getting my own place. He's mad. Who's got a wet tushy? I give up. He's bad. Yeah, right back at you, babe. And he's looking for a dance. John Travolta, Kirstie Alley, and Bruce Willis as the voice of Mikey. Well, I got this driving thing knocked. (laughs) Look Who's Talking, rated PG-13. Okay, so Look Who's Talking. Um, Is this the first time any of us have seen Look Who's Talking? Definitely not for me. I've seen it tons. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so and Pat, you as well. You've seen it before. Yeah, I, I want to say maybe we went to the theater with this with the family, or I remember watching it with my family early on. Okay, okay, and I remember watching this a whole bunch of times too. Okay, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I did not realize that that my wife really likes this movie. Like she told me she could quote this movie. Um, right on. Oh, that that's impressive. Like I, it's Christmas story in this one. And, and I'm sure there's several others too, but, um, like, that's kind of cool. I didn't, then I felt bad that I didn't watch it with her. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Well, we'll, we'll make that up later and I'll watch it with you again. Now, the one thing, since we've all, you know, we've all seen this, um, I, I will kind of jump right away to one of the things that, uh, I thought about, um, it's probably a couple months ago. Now I was on Twitter and, there were some people that were posting up things about movies that came out in, in like 30 years ago this year. And somebody made a comment and nearly everyone agreed with them about, Oh, Hey, remember that really horrible movie? Look who's talking. Yeah. That came out 30 years ago. And I'm sitting there going, wait, what? A lot of people do not like this movie. Clearly. Very clear. That's what I've learned. Apparently, we all live in a bubble. We do. We live My in a bubble is one of, of, is of enjoying a this movie. And apparently, a, at least a vocal portion of the rest of the world thinks that this is a really bad movie. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, I don't know. Yeah, it is not um, as well received as one might expect. Yeah. So, you mentioned... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. Sorry. No, No, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, we're all kind of sitting here like, well, you mentioned, Bo, that your wife uh, did not like this movie. Mm-mm. What's her, if you don't mind me asking, yeah, what's kind of um, her? Mostly, if I remember correctly, it's, it's, she doesn't really like the whole baby interaction thing. Mm. Um, it just doesn't, it, it, for her, it sort of falls into the same category as animation which oh. she is not in general a fan of. Okay. So I think that's it. I think it's the unrealistic 
nature of it. I see. Hmm. Okay. So for her, it's a much simpler, you know, explanation. But so for her, it's just the fact that you have a baby being narrated by Bruce Willis. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Okay. Which really, yeah. I mean, it's Bruce Willis. How can you go wrong? Is what right. I like to say. Right. Which, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's and you know, do. and you know, it's funny because uh, in watching it this time, I found it interesting to see how much the um, the narration. I don't want to say it didn't play a part in the movie for the overall story, but like if that narration hadn't been there, I think it still would have been a, a strong movie. It's just that that was the comic relief. And even in that sense, it was, it was kind of like, I haven't seen this movie, I think since it came out and now having had kids and all that, it's sort of like, yeah, you can imagine a kid thinking that, or you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or you kind of, so it, it, I don't want to say it was an afterthought, but it was almost like, Icing on the cake for the movie. I think the story sure. was, I think if that wasn't there, the story was strong enough that, you know, you could enjoy it. Right? Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I don't know. Except for the people I've not living in our hysterical. bubble. I hysterical. I mean, I think he, I think the lines they gave the baby were just perfect. Yeah. It was so good. Well, and, and like you said, I mean, I, what I was surprised, because it, it's been, gosh, I don't know how many years since watching this movie and and I, I think even Sharon said the same thing I, it's probably been 20 plus years since mm -hmm. seeing this movie for her but I was surprised at how sparse the you know just just the the narration the voiceover from the baby you know the Bruce Willis's lines there's really not that much of it no mm -hmm. like and, and I remember Certainly I felt not like as much in, as you think when right you're about I, I felt to like watch it I felt like in my head, I'm like, yeah, the baby talks a lot in this movie and it really wasn't. And it was just, I think I felt like it was used in just the right places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, somebody, somebody says something just as they're walking away and he's like, yeah, right on. Or just like little comments like that, that made it funny enough without getting annoying. I almost feel like if you had done too much of the baby, yeah. then it would have gotten to the point of, oh, okay. So it's going to be like this for the whole movie. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like it, it was used sparsely. It was used well, um, you know, and just the, the matching up the narration, especially when he's, when he's kind of a newborn, the matching up the narration with the facial expressions was just, yeah. it was just hilarious. Yeah. You know, you get this big old smile on his face and, and you hear Bruce Willis being like, Hey, right on. Yeah. <laughs> just imagining that that's the way the baby would be thinking. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah, I, I got to admit, you know, some of the, some of the scenes like, uh, how do I say this in a family-friendly way? Early on, pre-baby scenes with the voiceovers. <laughs> hey guys, here we go! Woo here we go! We're all you know, like I mean, I, I thought that was it, it. It it wasn't done. I mean, it was it was obviously meant to be humorous, but it wasn't done in a way that was like a junior high kid telling a joke. I mean, it was right. like, okay, this is cute. This is funny. Uh, oh, and we're moving on. Great. It didn't overstay its well. It was enough to kind of make you chuckle, but it, it really, right. yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was well done. Now I did see, um, and I didn't realize this because I think I've only ever seen look who's talking and look who's talking to. Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever saw the third one. You didn't miss is, much. Okay. Which is the animals at the pets. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then apparently I didn't realize this. There was a, uh, a sitcom 
that was based on this called Baby Talk. Oh. oh. And I guess Tony Danza played the voice of Baby Baby Mickey, they called him. Mm. So it was kind of like, I guess, inspired it and not necessarily like a straight sequel or a straight, you know, you know, uh, translation from, from movie to TV, but, uh, it was supposed to be the same kind of idea. And Tony Danza was the voice of the baby. Um, mm. uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I remember seeing the first one. I remember seeing the second one. I don't remember too much about the second one. Um, but, uh, never did see the, the third one. And I kind of yeah. figured I probably didn't miss much. No, yeah. I think Roseanne Barr was the voice of one of the dogs. <laughs> okay. it, yeah, it was not. Wasn't, I thought Roseanne was the voice of the sister. Oh, uh, was she? Okay, so maybe not. Because that's one of the things I do remember is that at the end of this movie, when the sister's born, it's Joan Rivers. Right. When she yeah. says, like, you'll have a day. I, I, I had a day you'll never believe. And then in the sequel... In the Look Who's Talking to, she's voiced by Roseanne. Oh, okay. Yeah. I man, I don't even know if I've seen the sequel. Okay. I don't know. It it just sounds like I I because I get this in Three Men and a Baby confused. Now mm. I know they're completely different, but I'm just saying the sequels. Like mm. I'm like, oh yeah, I saw that because she was. Oh no, it wasn't a she. It was a he. But there was a I. Yeah, those sequels kind of run together. I don't know if I ever saw the Look Who's Talking to. Okay. But the first one, I mean, it's 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 one of those concepts that I think it would be real easy to jump the shark on. The first one kind of hit it, and they should have kind of stopped while they were ahead. Mm-hmm. I think so. Well, because you kind of, I mean, how many other directions can you necessarily take? Right. Another talking baby movie. Right. Right. It was. Yeah. Exactly. And like I said, they 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 really had a kind of a creative outlook on things and mm-hmm. and again it wasn't so much that the baby really didn't advance the plot or the I should say the voiceovers didn't quite so much advance the plot as just be you know a little bit of comic relief or yeah yeah it, it was I don't know it's it's very interesting because that wasn't even really a center point of the movie but when you see it as a kid you know, I was however old when I saw the movie. That's the first thing that I remember. You know, all that other stuff was, oh, okay, she's upset, or okay, yeah, that guy's kind of a jerk, or okay. But you know, now I watch it, and that's right what I focus in on, and you know, you, you get kind of wrapped up in that. But uh, no, it was it was good. Like I said, I think this topic matter would be real easy to start jumping the shark on. Mm-hmm. So. And it's great seeing Christy Alley there too, because I've been uh, I've been rewatching all of the Cheers. I'm on the second to last season of Cheers, um, and so you know that, and then of course Wrath of Khan, and I'm trying to think of all the other stuff I've seen Christy Alley in. But mm-hmm. it was it was it was cool to see her in this movie as well, especially after watching her in the last couple of seasons of Cheers. Yeah. Well, and I will say I did read somewhere that the um, the writer of this movie. Um, Amy Heckerling was her name mm-hmm. that, uh, she and her husband, who's also a writer, they kind of came or she came up with this idea after they would like talk in, um, voices, they would like narrate what their baby was saying, mm-hmm. or narrate what their baby was thinking when they had a newborn. And what's funny is I, I never put two and two together, but, um, my wife and I used to do the exact same thing. 
Oh yeah. Like, like, especially with our first, we would do, we'd come up with all these. In fact, sometimes we'd record these videos and, and I would, you know, just out of the, uh, out of the lens of the camera, I'd put my finger right on his chin and I'd move his mouth up and down. Mm-hmm. Or we had, uh, when he was first born, actually the day before he was born or the day he was born, we started a blog and we started putting up all these pictures of him from, you know, the day he was born. And we updated this thing all the time, especially at first, we haven't done it in like two years now, but, um, all the time, just putting up pictures and we'd always put little captions and the captions were always supposed to be from the baby's voice and like how the baby would respond to things and, and how, you know, John was commenting on the world and all this other stuff. And I'm like, this is, I I just, I kind of put two and two together today. And I'm like, you know what, this is a lot like, look who's talking. This is probably like what nearly every parent does is before their baby can talk, they have this imaginary voice of what their baby is thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, we used to do that sometimes when we'd put together, I'd, I'd, you know, make videos of the kids and you know, like almost come up with a little narrator voice of what the baby was saying. And, uh, like, it's just a, just kind of a natural thing that you do. And, and, you know, sometimes your baby, you make your baby a lot funnier than they really are. Yeah. All they're doing is filling their diaper and eating and sleeping. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably what helps you get through it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because otherwise you're just screaming at me all the time and you're hungry right. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of funny things that I did read in in some of the IMDb notes was uh, John Travolta said that this character he felt like, um, or, or he said of all the characters he's ever played, this character is most like his real personality. Yeah, mm, cool. Like, kind of, he, he felt like he didn't necessarily have to do a lot of stretching as an actor. He just was himself in this movie. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like John Travolta. I like the stuff he's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then according to the director, um, she said that uh, a lot of times as they were doing kind of the voiceover takes and they were having Bruce Willis record a bunch of stuff, they said that um, a lot of times he was doing some more X-rated uh, voiceover takes. Sure. Oh, that, that sounds like they obviously Bruce could not include in the movie, but that said that they were very hilarious. I have mm. no doubts. She did not share any examples of what those were, mm. but to be expected, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing I thought was kind of interesting about this, and and for a good stretch of time, especially kind of as we were in high school and and you know college and all that. There was a good stretch of time where John Travolta, like I would, and I don't want to get too far into this because I know it's one of our five questions. Um, I would watch pretty much anything John Travolta was in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just for a stretch of time. In fact, we'd even have like John Travolta marathons where we'd just rent a whole bunch of movies. We'd rent um, Phenomenon and Michael and uh, Pulp Fiction and Broken Arrow and just like, all these different movies and just watch them, you know, one right after the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought about this until we got to this movie and I saw this on IMDb. This was John Travolta's first major acting role in five years. Yeah. And I, and I was thinking about that and I was like, why have we not done, why have we not had a John Travolta movie on the podcast before now? Well, because he wasn't really in much for the no. last five years. Well, he had, he had, yeah. Cause he had, uh, uh, what was the sequel to, um, what was this? What it was staying alive and you know, uh, thank it, you so much for mentioning that because I, I mentioned that to my lovely wife earlier tonight. She had never heard of it before. What? Oh, for God's um, sake! But 
Well, I mean, that's partly my fault for not sharing it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But somebody mentioned that a while ago, and it was it was like the way it was mentioned was. And then there's that god awful sequel to Saturday Night Fever, and I was, and my response was, okay, now let's just stop right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Them's mm-hmm. fighting words. Yeah, just a damn minute. Because <laughs> there is nothing wrong with. Well, I don't want to say that. Um, Staying Alive is a wonderful movie. Yeah. I don't want to say there's nothing wrong with it, but <laughs> it's a wonderful movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking on the IMDb page and there's really nothing, um, you know, after So Staying Alive might have kept him out of other acting roles. Maybe. But um, hey, look, if we if we have I mean, if we have to talk about some of that godforsaken crap on this podcast show where the critics give it 110 mm-hmm. percent, we can talk about staying alive and positive oh, turns. That's just my thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but I had heard that, too, is that this was one of his first things back after that. I'm not sure what else he did. I, I'm looking at, so after Urban Cowboy uh, in 1980, he did a movie in 1981, then he did Staying Alive in 83, then he did a movie in 83 called Two of a Kind, and he did a movie in 85 called Perfect, then okay. he did a TV movie in 87, mm-hmm. and then he was in a Michael Jackson video in 89, mm-hmm. and then a movie called The Experts in 89, and then Look Who's Talking, and I have not heard of between staying alive and look who's talking. I have yeah. never heard of any of those. So, and so then, uh, looks like for that stretch of time, he, he did a couple things here and there, but, but then once you get into the look, who's talking movies, he's got look, who's talking, look, who's talking to, you know, a couple movies, two, three movies. Uh, and then look, who's talking now. And then that's when he got right after that was Pulp Fiction. Right. And I remember hearing that Pulp Fiction was kind of his, like, that was his resurgence. Yeah. 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 Because then you get into, and these are the ones that, you know, when Sharon and I would, you know, just go and rent a whole bunch of movies of his and mm-hmm. see them back to back or go to the movies in the theater. I feel like we probably saw almost all these in the theater when they came out. But after Pulp Fiction, you have White Man's Burden. Have you guys, I've mentioned that one on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Have any of you guys seen that one before? I have not. Okay. That's the one where things are flip flopped and it's that, um, that uh, white people are the ones that are kind of in, in the lower class in society. Okay. And it's the African-Americans who are in the higher class in society. Mm -hmm. Um, So things are kind of flip flopped. Uh, So that's, that's a good one. Um, But then after that, you've got get shorty broken arrow phenomenon, Michael face off. uh, Yeah. Ad city, primary colors, the thin red line, civil action. uh, Let's not mention battlefield earth. Um, Yeah. You know, so we, we get that whole stretch of time in the nineties where it was just like, boom, 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 one right after the other. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'll be curious to see. It sounds like they're going to go a different direction, but I'm, I'm be curious to see if they decide to do, uh, if they decide to like have him or Kirstie Alley, in a like a cameo. Yeah. Well, what they should do is they should get Don, John Travolta to voice the baby. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they should do. But, you know, they're not going to ask me to weigh in on that decision. So, you know. Right. right. But they sh- <laughs> but they should, Bo. They well, should of be asking. They should, you. but, yeah. Yeah. 
I did appreciate that this movie did feature the staying alive song by the Bee Gees. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. The music in this movie was fun. It was kind of a fun throwback to just everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'll be honest with you. I, I was, I tried to be like, you know, you know, what's the knock on me on this podcast? Well, a, I talk too much, but B it's like every movie is either five stars or every movie is zero you know so i'm like i'm gonna watch this one i'm gonna try to be i'm gonna try and pick it apart and i i couldn't find anything everything was enjoyable everything nothing was over the top and i'll tell you that first scene where she gets in the cab and he's suddenly like he's sitting there oh okay we'll just bear down what well i don't know that's what they sell people haven't you done your lamaze breathing yeah okay and then he takes off and i mean that was pretty fun watching him tear through new york you know Mm mm-hmm and then he ends up in the delivery room. That's the best yeah. part. But I'm not the father. Oh, man. You're going to need to put these on, but I'm not the father. I know. He's dragged in there. How do you know they gave me drugs? I, well, I, he, oh. <laughs> yeah. Do we have a, do we have a, it's like some of the other stuff I know we talk about will come up in the five questions because one of our five questions is about the like sleazy boss businessman role, mm-hmm. in movies, which obviously um, I, I thought it was funny because I did not remember um, the, the, you know, the actor who played her boss slash lover that she's having right. the affair with. Right. Um, I did not remember who that was. Like I, you know, again, it's been 20 plus years since I've seen this movie, but when I saw him on screen right away, I'm like, Oh, I, I know him, but I know him so much older. Mm-hmm. And I realized that he's the grandpa on the Goldbergs, the TV show, the Goldbergs. Mm. You guys ever watch that show? Mm-mm. Okay. I, I started watching it just because it's, it's on like right after the 10 o'clock news on WGN. And, um, it's, it's in like an eighties, it takes place in the eighties. And so everything is eighties references, eighties themes and all that. And the grandfather who lives with them is, uh, is it George Siegel? Is that his name? I think that's the actor's name. Um, but it's the, that's the, is it Albert? I think is his name in the movie, the character's name. Um, that's the father of Mikey. In the gotcha. movie. I'm like, I know him, but I know him so very much older than he appears right here. I just can't picture where he's from. So I had to, had to Google him to find out. Um, right. But uh, yeah, no, just everything about this movie is just fun. Like yeah. I, maybe if people don't like it, they're just they're trying to take it too seriously, but it's a movie about a talking baby. Like why, yeah, why are you, t- why are you taking this seriously? What is it? I don't understand what would be not to enjoy about this movie. It's obviously a lighthearted movie. Yeah. It's not, you, you know, know, it's not the movie know. we talked about last week. There's no like major psychological themes that are going on here. And, and, you know, there's not necessarily a message that's being sent across. It's just, Hey, it's look, a fun movie. It's a fun movie with a talking baby. Yeah. You know what? Maybe, maybe everyone in the world does like this movie. You remember that next generation episode where crusher got caught in the bubble. Yeah. yeah. In the warp bubble. And then yeah. everyone was disappearing, but it wasn't that they were disappearing. She was the one that disappeared. And on the outside, they were trying to get her out. Maybe oh. we're in the, you get what I'm saying? Like maybe we're saying, in the yeah. bubble. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it is because I can't for the life of me figure out, I can't for the life of me uh, figure out why people don't like this movie. Could be. Could be. Yeah. I'll go with that. I mean, that's all I got. That's all, that's all I got. I mean, and I, 
And you know, and you know, I mean, I tend to like movies that involve stuff that doesn't include, you know, explosions and motorcycle chases and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I tend not to like very much. Right. And I mean, I I enjoyed this movie. It's a good movie. <sighs> it's a movie with a talking baby. I know. I know. This I is know. like my sister and I used to get into debates because when she was in grad school, she was in grad school for advertising. Mm-hmm. And then we'd sit and we'd watch TV or or we'd watch the Super Bowl together. And my favorite commercials are always the ones that have some kind of a talking animal. Yeah. And she'd always get upset with me. She's like, well, that's not really advertising. Like, that's not, you know. There's mm. so many better things you could do. I'm like, I don't care. I like a talking animal. If you want to put a goat on screen and have the goat talk to me in a British accent, yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I may buy whatever that goat is selling because it's speaking in a British accent. Yeah. And and uh, what about this? Uh, yeah, I know. And what about the, the, the scene where, where she's just like, oh, and he's not doing this and he's not doing this and he needs to do this. And Travolta's just like, well, what do these guys know? They just say something and they write a book and everyone's supposed to read the book and all this all right. kind of stuff. Didn't and, mean to disparage Dr. Spock. I yep. didn't mean to be, yeah. And then, but then he goes into the she sh- was so touchy about a Vulcan. Yeah. <laughs> I know. What is it? The ears. Yeah. I've, that yeah. whole scene was great. <laughs> uh, well, real quick, I'm, I'm going to ask you, well, I'll ask you now and then don't answer because I'll give you a minute to think about it while I right. share some other trivia I found. Share um, some trivia. Think about, uh, think about a favorite scene. Do you have a favorite scene in the movie or a favorite quote or anything like that? Um, the other trivia that I found, I remember hearing this at some point in time, um, but had had forgotten about it uh, up until I found it as I was doing a little bit of research for this movie that uh, did you guys know that Bruce Willis um, when he was growing up had a really strong stuttering problem? I feel yeah. like I've read that somewhere, but okay. yeah, he talked about, there was an interview that I found where they talked to him about it. And I guess for the first I know, 20 years of his life, um, he, well, here, there was a quote, uh, he said, I could hardly talk. It took me three minutes to complete a sentence. Mm-hmm. It was crushing for anyone who wanted to express themselves, who wanted to be heard and couldn't. Uh, it was frightening. Yet when I became another character in a play, I lost the stutter and it was phenomenal. Um, so oh, wow. I, I, I think that that's just really cool that you can have somebody who for the first 20 years of their life just had such trouble speaking and, and stuttered so badly. Um, and then they become this, this, you know, phenomenal actor and, and somebody who does voiceovers for movies. And I just thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Now, does he still do that? Like in interviews where he's not playing a character or. Um, no, not that I've I ever noticed anyway, you know, well, I mean, most times in interviews lately, he just is kind of like, he's, he's trying to pull off this Harrison Ford, grumpy old man vibe. Mm hmm. He's very, I almost don't like to watch interviews when people interview Bruce Willis because he's very, and I don't, I don't know if he's joking about it or if he's serious, but he, every interview I've seen with him in the last few years is he just comes off as, as just the biggest jerk. Oh, like you're wasting my time asking me these dumb questions. And he, it almost like he ends up coming across as, as belittling the person who's asking him questions. Huh? So lately I'm like, if I see him on, on a TV show being interviewed or something, I'm like, ah, I think I'm going to skip this. Cause it just, yeah. he, he doesn't come across as a nice person, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. cause I've, I've heard, like you mentioned, uh, Harrison Ford, I've heard Harrison Ford. I don't know if it's stuttering, but I I've heard that he really like in interviews, he gets almost painfully shy. 
Well, I think, right. I think before he really got into acting, I think he had some anxiety problems and, and, mm-hmm. you know, was, was a bit more of a shy person, but then acting was his way of, it was his outlet yeah. uh, to help him get past that. So it sounds like for Bruce Willis, it was the same thing. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I've given you time to think, do you have a favorite quote or a favorite scene? Well, since we like to keep it family friendly. Sure. I'm going to say the scene with the mother's milk and the coffee. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a Why good one. Probably... Why did Just you tell the... me? It's Honestly, it's any time the baby and John Travolta are sharing a look with a voiceover by Bruce Willis. Like That is what makes this movie so fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is the way John Travolta interacts with the baby and then the Bruce Willis voiceovers just bring it home. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the one that always sticks out in my head is the mother's milk scene. Yeah. Pretty cool. I like the taxi chase or sure. thing at the beginning. I thought that was mm-hmm. good. Just I thought they had a real nice rhythm to the scene. I thought his interaction with her and I thought that was really, really good. So, yeah. Right. What about you, John? Um, well, I, oh, it's kind of hard to narrow down a, a favorite scene, but I think just the scene that I, the scene that I just really enjoyed, I was like, I, this is totally how a kid would react when they go to visit, um, uh, Mikey's father, Albert, mm-hmm. they go to visit him at his office and he's got all those, like, um, you know, the different, uh, like, yeah, that was good. And, and, and the kid is like Skeletor and he's like pretending that they're action figures. I'm like, that <laughs> yeah. is totally, absolutely what a kid would do. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm stealing your scene, but when he goes, wow, look, little metal objects. Oh, and look a <laughs> hole. I'm going to stick them all in there. Yeah. Just, when he goes out, right, when he starts <laughs> listing everything, he's like, oh, I can play with those. I can stick those. Oh, look, I can take those and stick them in there. And then, yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's, Yes. And I don't know how it was, you know, for you, John, but that's like baby proofing the house. Okay. The kid, the kid is mobile. So I follow around with, you know, the clipboard on my, imagine you're a baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then, but for us, it was like, just follow him. Okay. He grabbed that, put that on the list. Okay. From now on Mm -hmm. knives need to be pushed to the back of the counter. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Did all that. Oh, okay. Yep. The fork ended up in the outlet. All right. We got to put a cap on. Yeah. So (laughs) that, that scene was very well done as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, are we ready for five questions? Anything sure. else you want to say about this one? Or are we ready for five questions? No, I think we're. I think we're. I think we're ready for for five questions. Yeah. I mean, you know, it. It. I don't get why people. I. I don't want to keep it. I want to keep it positive. I don't get why people didn't like this movie. I don't. I mean, maybe we needed twin brothers mutilating people or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> But this you movie still, was enjoyed. You're still caught up on that one, aren't you? I um. I just. It's. It's just. You know. It's some. It's just stupefying. Dennis Hopper, oh. we, we, we did Dennis Hopper like running people over in classic cars or something. And then the critics will have kittens. But, you know, just a heartwarming, fun story. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm just, it, it, part of it makes me so happy that we've traumatized you in this way. Well, it is. It and is you know sort what? It's satisfying I'm, in a weird way. Isn't it, it is a little bit. I'm just going to tell you, I want to borrow a line. I was listening to one of the other podcasts. And again, to our, our, our fan, I believe Oklahoma, uh, he's, uh, 
uh, Jason. It yeah. was great listening to him. Uh, I'm so glad he was on the show. And, and uh, sorry, I didn't get a chance to meet you there, buddy, but it was fun listening to you talk. I'm going to steal one of his lines. It's classic. People just can't appreciate the awesomeness. I mean, that's, that's the pro it's a great line. And I think that is just very, you know, it fits here because it's just like, well, if you just don't get it, then you just don't get it. Right. You know? And, and Pat just does, doesn't get the awesomeness of dead ringers. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, you're right. And you know what? <laughs> I, don't. I don't, and I don't want to like, right. don't just don't explain it to me. You know, no. it's, it's, it's. It's like someone, it's like, here, here, what are we going to do? I'm going to have, I'm going to make some food. I'm going to have chips and salsa. And someone's like, well, I, I, it's just too simple. I mean, that's just too lame. Chips and salsa. You don't eat the chips and salsa. You need some like incredible, you know, 14 course exotic meal. And it, and it has to be a little weird. And if it's not a little weird, exotic meal, 14, then just forget about it. Well, it's just like, okay, well, not everything needs to be this weird kind of crazy. Like sometimes I just want chips and salsa. And that's what this movie is. Okay, I'm, and, and, and and you know I'm totally just teasing you. I, Dead Ringers is a weird movie. It is a weird movie, and I myself, you know, I like that would be like here. Why don't you try this? What is it? Oh, it's mm -hmm. tongue. Oh, it's cow tongue. Mm -hmm. right. Oh, really? Oh, well, that's great. I'm sure it's wonderful. I just don't like to eat mm -hmm. cow tongue. Liver and onions. Me. Liver and onions. Not my thing. I'm, if, oh. if some of our listening audience likes it, more power to you. But just don't question my chips and salsa. Don't I, yuck I, my I, yum. That's my I, message I, to the critics. I don't want to taste anything that can taste me back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I I don't know. I think we're in the bubble. I think us and Dr. Crusher are in the bubble. That's fine. Is what I'm saying. That's fine. I'm totally fine with that. All right. Uh my middle name's Wesley, so I'm I'm totally fine with that. That's outstanding. So Wesley. uh Wesley. Um what was I watching the other day where and it was Wesley from um Princess Bride. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was the first couple of episodes of um, Stranger Things. I was going to say, Stranger Things, John. But I'm not, not going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about it. The other thing that I saw oh. him in was I, I was able to find this and I was able to, I found a website where it had the entire thing on it. I was able to finally watch. Did you guys ever know that there was a, a pilot episode of a Wonder Woman TV show mm -hmm. from back in 2011? Yeah, I remember hearing about yeah, that. Yeah, with yeah. um what's her name from Friday Night Lights, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yep. Um, and I what is her name? It's um Oh god, she's on that Pilecki other show I watch now. Or, yep. That's her or something Adrian, like that, Adrian yeah. Pilecki, Adrian, yeah. Pilecki, something like that. Yep. And uh he was uh he the it was blah, Wesley from Princess Bride. Carrie um, Elwes. Carrie Elwes, yes. He was her Wesley. like personal assistant in oh, that nice. show. Yeah. And I, I started to watch it. And I was like, I don't know why people say, you know, this is so horrible. I'm going to give this a try and I'm going to see it's only like 43 or 46 or whatever minutes long. I'm going to give this thing a try and I'm going to see that people were totally wrong about how bad this was. And I made it 22 minutes in. I was like, oh, dear Lord, I'm turning this off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. People were right on that one. They were right. Yeah, this no, one. Were right. So, you know, in some situations, the, the people outside the bubble or in the bubble or wherever the yeah. bubble is. They're totally right. But with yeah. this movie, no, not totally right. Mm -hmm. No. If anybody wants no. to see the Wonder Woman thing, you go for it. But did I the critics did the critics like the Wonder Woman thing and just the people didn't? No. No, okay. no one liked okay. it. All right. <clears throat> yeah, it was just it was mm. Mm -hmm. It was one of those situations where somebody got a hold of the rights to something. It's, and, and the thing is, 
the the writers for this, you know, it was the, the same writers that have come up with a whole bunch of really good stuff. Um, but they clearly never ever watched or read anything about Wonder Woman because it just was not, it, it was nothing related to the character at all in terms of personality. And she just, she came across as very whiny and very insecure. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. The character of Wonder Woman is supposed to be yeah. this Amazon goddess. Yeah. And you're telling me that she's going to be whiny and insecure and worried about her makeup and mm, no, 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 no. I, I think we're done here. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, I gave it about, I gave it about 22 minutes and that okay. was good enough. All right. No. All right. All right. Okay. So five questions. All right. Here we go. He asks each traveler five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. You've got to ask yourself one question. What are you asking me for? I don't know. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. And may God have mercy on your soul. Question number one. Favorite sleazy boss or businessman performance? And I made a short list of some different things I could kind of come up with. And I'm just going to go. I, I had a couple of ones and I just wasn't sure what to go with. So I'm going to go with RoboCop. Hmm. I'm going oh. to go, go with Dick Jones and RoboCop. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You're no, fired. Beep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to mention any of the rest of my list because I, I don't want to hear what you guys come up with, but I, right. will mention, I will mention, I will mention one other one though. Um, okay. I don't, I don't think you guys are going to mention it because I don't know if I said uh, TV shows as well, but when James Spader is Robert California, Robert California, mm-hmm. he made my list. Oh, is he on your list? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Not yeah, top that's, of the list, uh, but so good. Oh, he's we've up been, there. We've been watching, rewatching The Office a little bit because it's on all the time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some good Robert California episodes the last week or so. I went, I went through and rewatched the entire run of the show uh, about a month or two ago, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that whole stretch of time where he's in charge of The Office, I'm just like, oh, oh God. so good. Well, and that made, you know, it made Sex Lies and Videotape the movie made a whole lot more sense when I had seen Robert California. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, his character in Sex, Lies, and Videotape is just a younger Robert California. Uh-huh. I get it now. This is what he grew up to be. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So what were yours? Favorite sleazy or horrible boss <sighs> performance? I, I, I don't know if I have one that's good enough. I mean, the only one I could think of was Office Space. But uh-huh. none of the, but uh, none of those guys Lumberg. were like Lumberg, Lumberg, <laughs> Lumberg. But none of them, yeah. none of them, they weren't really like sleazy bosses. They were just kind of the, you know. Oh, Lumberg was pretty sleazy. Yeah, it was pretty good, right? So we're gonna have to go ahead and ask you to come in on Saturday. Yeah, yeah I guess that's, I guess that's all that I'd, I guess that's what I'd come up with. I'd be office space. That'd be the boss. I'll okay. let, I'll let you know if anything else like jumps into my mind. The only other one I came up with was Gordon Gecko. Oh yeah, yeah, he was on my list. Gordon Gecko. Greed is good because mm. greed works. Mm-hmm. You could have done um, 
DiCaprio from um, oh, Wolf of yes. Wall Street. Oh, yeah. yeah, The Wolf of Wall Street. That's a good one, too. Murder. Oh man, that's a great yeah. movie. I need you to go ahead and come in tomorrow. So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. And um yeah. I forgot. I'm uh gonna need you to go ahead and come in on Sunday too, okay? I still I still reference those things. Believe it or not, you know, it's funny cuz uh it, it's school. Like there was a situation that came up. We were trying to purchase something or do something and and uh, th- something was ordered by one of the other music teachers and we had to get it, you know, run through district office and we got all the fo- I'm like, "Here's what we need. Make sure you get it this, make sure you get it that, make sure you get another thing." We put it all together, sent it over, and all of a sudden it came back and it wasn't right and it was a big thing and I just said Hey man, I'm really sorry, but we've got a situation like uh, I know it's going to sound like another cover sheet on the TPS reports or the new cover mm-hmm. sheet, but I'm going to have to ask you to add this paperwork to it as well. And he's like, "Nope, nope, don't need to explain. I get it." Like after I made the reference, mm-hmm. I got I got a new TPS report cover sheet situation here for you. Very nice. There was a stretch of time where, and Pat, you might remember this, when my office at mm-hmm. uh in the district was being moved from one building to another and then halfway through a year they were like um well <laughs> we we need this room for testing purposes so mm-hmm. we're going to need you to move out of this room and so it got to the point where it's like I felt like Milton yeah and, <laughs> I know. And, and I remember I remember boxing up some of my stuff and that's when I when I I think I moved some stuff over to um one of the rooms over at the middle school Mm-hmm. And I remember boxing my stuff up and I had it on a cart. And as I'm wheeling this cart out of the building, I'm just sitting there talking to myself. I'm going, um, we're going to need you to go ahead and move downstairs into the storage yeah, room. I know. Uh, we've got some I know. new people coming in, need all the space we can get. So if you can just go ahead and pack up your stuff, move it down there. And, and I want to say like one of the last things I put in the box was my stapler. And I was <laughs> just like, laughing. This is how do I, I work in a school. How is this so much like office space? Oh gosh. Well, it's it the whip. yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, so that's, that's the boss. That's what yeah. I'd say. Okay. All right. Nice. All right. Uh, Bo, did they get yours? Yeah, yeah, we talked about a few. We mentioned things. Robert California. What was what was yours? Say Gordon Gecko. Gordon Gecko. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he was on my list. Um, let's see. Did I have anything else? I had uh, the news guy from UHF. He was kind of a sleazeball. Oh, yeah, go. that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Um, no, I think that's all I had on mind too. All right, so number two, um, best or worst all nighter you've had to pull, and I will do. I I'll do one of each. Um, best is. When the kids were little, uh, after each of the kids was born, um, I would try, I've always been kind of a little bit more of a night owl anyway. So I'd try to let Sharon get some sleep and I'd be fine kind of getting up and and feeding them, you know, during the night if needed. And, uh, that is when I was so very thankful that they were born after I had been able to get most and eventually all of the seasons of Smallville on DVD. Mm Mm-hmm. Because then I had no problem getting up with them and feeding them at night while we could sit there and just run through episode after episode of Smallville. And I could explain to them everything that was going on and why some of this was a good rendition of Clark Kent and what he's going through and some of it not so much. Hmm. So 
I would say that's best all-nighter. I had a stretch of those in 2007 and a stretch in 2010. Um, worst one, and I've told this story before on the podcast, so I'm going to tell the short version of it, is the stupidest math project we ever had to do in uh, sophomore year of high school where we had to create a geometric shape using only origami, my folding paper. Oh. could not have tape. It could not have glue. Now, as I explained to my children at dinner tonight when I was telling them this story, these hands, you know, I'm kind of like channeling the, the rock biter from Never Ending Story. These hands, these hands were not meant to build things, you know, short of Ikea furniture. These hands were not meant to build things. I tried to put this stupid shape together made out of paper and it did not work. Hmm. And I tried and I tried and there was no YouTube at that point for me to go to YouTube and, and look up how to do this. And so when it failed, it ended up being that I had been sitting in the basement of my parents' house trying to put this stupid thing together, mm -hmm. ended up giving up and just using tape and glue. And it was just this giant mess of paper and tape and glue, and it was misshapen, and it was ugly, and it was horrible. And while I had been working on this down in the basement, there apparently had been some late night six hour marathon of MASH going on. And I now hate <laughs> the TV show MASH. <laughs> and it reached a point where it was like four o'clock in the morning. And this was due, you know, that morning, that next morning, it was four o'clock in the morning. And I was on my sixth hour of MASH. And this thing looked like some Martian had given birth to it. And I was just, I was sitting in the basement watching MASH and crying with this stupid geometry project in my hand. And mm -hmm. I think I remember going in the next morning, going into school, just shoving it in my backpack. Cause at that point I didn't care whether it got messed up or not. Um, it already, I couldn't make it look any worse. And I remember just taking it and putting it on the teacher's desk and the teacher like looked at me and was like, is that the best you could do? I'm just like, well, that's what I'm turning in. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm going with. That was the worst all nighter I think I've ever spent. Mm -hmm. was working on that dumb, dumb project. Mm -hmm. Anyway, mm -hmm. sophomore year geometry class. Didn't like it. That's, that's all I'll say. Got it. So best or worst or best and worst all-nighter you've ever spent. I can't really think of them. Well, I guess it wasn't really an all-nighter doing something. Mm -hmm. We were downtown and we went to a karaoke bar and then we ended up back up at a friend's house and we were up all night singing and playing music and drinking and the sun came up and we did a little more and then we all crashed. <laughs> there you go. Worst had, I can think of two, both were at the high school working. One was about 18, 19 years ago and we started replacing a screen at, in a soffit at maybe noon, maybe 10 o'clock. We started working on this project. I was working two jobs at the time. So I had to leave at like four to go to the bartending gig. I finished my bartending gig, closed down the bar. And just for grins, I checked in. They were still there working. So I then went back where we then finished up the screen at about, oh, hell, I don't know, two, three in the morning. Oh. Uh, the other one was working on a play at the high school and we just we were behind and we had to get this one piece up and we just kept plugging away and eventually at three in the morning 
We had a tree standing. There you go. And then we crashed. <laughs> nice. Nice. No. I um we got to keep it family friendly. So I'll just say yeah, I'll just say like college. Okay. <laughs> Start to finish was probably go. my best all-nighter. Okay. Okay. Cuz there's a good chance I think I only slept maybe a grand total of 5 hours like for entire of college. Doesn't that describe the last 5 years of your life anyway? It it could. It or every could. time you go to a movie? It well, yeah. That's where I usually get my sleep is in the movies, and that was okay. kind of college too. Yeah, in fact, that was the only time that <laughs> I gotta go to the movie theater. Why? That that I was. I need a half hour. <laughs> that I'm was. Done. Oh, a half hour, man! A half hour if I was if I was you know well rested. Usually, I didn't even make it through the opening credits. <laughs> I mean, that was you know. In fact, it just became a thing. Like, hey, Pat, you want to go to the movies tonight? No, man, I just don't want to pay ten bucks to take a nap. I mean, I just. You know, yeah, mom, um, dad, I, mom, dad, I need some sleep. They're doing a screening of Roots down at the theater. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to go watch it. Isn't that when you finally woke me up during during one of the movies as I started snoring or something? Yeah, you started snoring <laughs> in the middle of uh, the Wolverine. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Oh, man. Which was People a great movie. I did not appreciate that. And the best part was I got to watch that movie for the first time twice. Yeah. Okay. But I guess I guess the specific story of like a bad all nighter that then became triumphant at the end, okay, was there were three things that needed to be done on Tammy's car, okay. One, I was no problem. Second one, doable. Third one, first time I was ever going to do it. Change the motor oil, rotate the tires, and then change um, the differential fluid. Ooh. And so the only daredevil you. Yeah, so I'm like, I got my kids went to bed. Okay, good. I got my timing. I was binging my way through NYPD Blue. So I started, I put that up in the corner so I could just kind of kind of check in on episodes while I was working on everything. And then that way my brain, you know, it helped me stay focused overall. Okay, change the oil. All that's good. Now I'm going to get work on the differential fluid. Okay, so it dra- it's one of those that has the drain and the and the fill are both on the side. So you have to, put fluid in, what would it be? Not like dump it in the top, but it has to go in sideways. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm, about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had no successful, no easy way to do that. I had a thing that would pump the fluid in. I would have this thing. That I had all sorts of different funnels and tubes and what you name it. And it was just like, at first it was for the first hour, it was comical because it was like, okay, this is silly. And then all of a sudden as the hours clicked away and Sipowitz keeps yelling in my ear and it was just like, oh my God, like I can't do that. Like I can't get fluid back in this thing. This is not working. So, I mean, it literally clicked through the night and I tried so many different things with how to, you know, get this all worked out. And I, I, I slept in the garage that night because there were a couple times I just was like, I gave up. I think I, I think I like kind of dozed off on the floor of the garage, you know, like laying on that piece of cardboard. I'm covered in oil and fluid and dirt and everything else. I'm just, just a complete mess. And then at the very end, the next morning, I'm just like, well, this is, this is, I, it's, it's like the sun's coming up. I'm like, I can't like, I, 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 I can't drive the thing. Well, what, you know, it was kind of one of those. And then finally I'm like, well, I never rotated the tires. I guess at the very least I'll do that. And then it was, as I pulled off the right rear tire, I'm like, 
I have a clear path to get this thing filled up. And I could get one of the funnels in there reached and was like ultimately successful, but it was like nine o'clock the next morning and the kids were waking up and I heard the door open. Dad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did, did you sleep in the garage last night? Well, I spent the night in the garage, but I, no sleep was involved, but we got the car filled up and now I know how to do it and the whole thing. So that was, that was an all nighter kind of like, Oh, this was not supposed to be an all nighter. And it was the same thing. I forget what, uh, you know, John, you were mentioning, or Bo, one of you was mentioning watching a show for your all-nighter and then you got sick of it by the end. That was, that was it. It was like, okay, I need to take a break from NYPD Blue. That, I, you know. Nice. Yeah, the only other, because there were a few times in terms of like all-nighters in college where I, my roommate and I, we were both in the same creative writing classes. Mm -hmm. And there was, a, there was at least a semester, if not a year where that's pretty much all we were taking was creative mm -hmm. writing. Like we had a couple of classes, a couple of gen ed classes here and there, but for the most part, it was creative writing. And a lot of them were either poetry or short story classes. So mm -hmm. we had, we had probably a week, you know, these classes met once a week. We had a week to write our 10, 15 page short story or whatever it was. And, and I just remember we would always wait to the last minute. Mm -hmm. we'd always wait to the last minute and we, we'd stay up the night before it was due and we'd just like frantically try to come up with something to write. Um, but even before that, when I was my first year, when I was, uh, when I went into school for journalism, my journalism class was you had to write an article and uh, mm -hmm. you had to write one article a week. And so the idea was you had a week to come up with what your story was going to be about. And they gave some guidelines each week for what different kind of stories they wanted us to do. Um, that you had to come up with your story. You had to go interview people. You had to write up the story. You had to kind of go through and edit and proofread your own story and then turn it in, you know, by Friday morning. And I think the class was like an eight o'clock class. And for some godforsaken reason, I, I chose an eight o'clock class on a Friday morning in college. Um, mm -hmm. But I will never forget the one of the times where again, I kind of waited till the last minute, but I, I had some ideas and they didn't really pan out. And then I kind of waited till the last minute and I'm like, oh crap, I, I have to have this story done by eight o'clock tomorrow morning and it's 10 o'clock on Thursday night. Mm -hmm. How am I going to go interview somebody and write up this story? And like what, and it's gotta be like, I have to, it, it has to be a story on how someone does their job. Mm -hmm. like, how am I going to figure out how to do this? Like to talk to people at 10 o'clock at night. Well, I had been working for the daily Illini for the, the university of Illinois newspaper. And earlier, I think earlier in the year, I had done a, a story on this very tiny, uh, local radio station, uh, AM radio station that was there. And they would do this homeless marathon where they would actually broadcast from outside in the middle of February when it was really cold. Um, they would do that and they'd have all these trailers set up so that anyone who was homeless could come and get some hot chocolate. They could get some, you know, kind of basic, uh, medical care, like all kinds of stuff. And they would broadcast for about 48 hours, mm -hmm. um, from, from outside their studio. They just pulled all their equipment outside and they'd sit outside and, and do the broadcast from there. So I remember going to do that and I was like, you know what? Radio station, those guys are up all night. There is going to be somebody there working at the radio let me go interview them on what it's like to be a DJ. Okay. So I did. I hopped, I hopped in my car. I drove out. I got there. I, I went into the station and whoever it was that was doing the like 
the like 11 to 4 a.m. stretch was this crazy British guy. He wasn't too much older than me. He was probably maybe in his 30s, uh, maybe like late 20s, early 30s. And this just crazy British guy playing this crazy experimental electronic music. And I kept trying to talk to him. You know, like when he'd play this, he'd, he'd talk for a little bit and then he'd put the music on and then he'd talk to me for a few minutes. Then he'd take a phone call from a listener. And, and but it was, you know, all the people calling in were completely drunk because it mm -hmm. was like 1 a.m. in the morning. And I kept trying to get, because as a journalist, I'm like, okay, I got to get this guy's name. Um, you know, even if I don't mention his full name in the article, I got to make sure it's spelled right. I got to get his phone number in case we need to verify anything. I need to go through all the proper steps to do this as a journalist. And I'm trying to get him to give me his name. He's like, my name, my name is Spink. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, no, I know that that's your DJ name, but like, I need your real name. It's Spink. Just write it down. It's Spink. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh. Okay, is it Mr. Spink? He said, no, just Spink. Just write S-P-I-N-K, Spink. And I could not get, I was trying to get quotes out of this guy. I was just trying to get some information. And he just was like, I, he may have been on something. I don't know. But <laughs> it was like the worst experience. It was kind of like the worst, most surreal experience. Because I came out of it. I was like, I, I think I wrote a decent story about him. But I was like, I, I don't know what just happened. Like I went and sat with this guy in the, in the radio booth for like two and a half hours and I have no clue what just happened. So I'm going to write the story up about how he does his job and, and hopefully he wasn't lying to me, you know, for the two hours I was there. But so that was another kind of crazy all nighter too. A lot of my crazy all nighter stories ended up being when I was working on the newspaper and would like do these like weird, crazy late night stories. Right. Those were kind of always the most fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, number three, favorite movie with talking animals or an internal monologue? I think I've mentioned this movie before in an animal context, but I really love the, I think it's from the mid nineties, uh, Homeward Bound, the incredible journey. Yeah. Michael J. Fox. And, mm -hmm. and I can't remember who else, but very good yeah i mentioned that one to the kids when i was because sometimes i run the five questions if, if they're appropriate i'll run the uh five questions past the rest of the family at dinner and see what their answer what their answers are mm -hmm. and uh, yeah the kids had never heard of that one so, oh, it's so like, good. Oh, that's that's one that we may need to go find yeah. because that one might be hard to find i have a feeling yeah it might a, be you know it's just because it's a strange genre and it's, uh, yeah, it's Michael J. Fox, Sally Field. Sally Field, that's who it is. And, uh, the, the interaction between the cat and the dogs is priceless. Mm -hmm. The joke about the giant litter box is yeah. one of the best. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Pat, what about you? Uh, the, the talking animals, the only thing that comes to mind is the uh, Chronicles of Narnia movies. Oh, I, love, I love the books, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking of. I suppose the easy out would be like Planet of the Apes, but I, mm -hmm. I don't think that's necessarily the spirit of the question. So okay. I'm, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and say the the Chronicles of Narnia. Those you, aren't. You can also you can also go like internal monologue too, like internal voiceover. <sighs> it doesn't have to be animals. Yeah, no, I I get what you're saying, and that's and I might have steered a little bit too far out just even saying that one. The internal monologue, I'm. I, 
I'm getting stuck in like the narrator thing. You know what okay. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's like I'm like okay, well, what about uh, you know? Uh, um, I keep wanting to say West Side Story, not that one. The um, Greasers and the Soch. Who was um, oh, the Outsiders? The Outsiders, but yeah. like that movie, that was like a narrator. So that's mm-hmm. something. I think that's different. I I don't have much for the internal monologue one, unless okay. something like dawns on me all of a sudden. But narrator, narrator would be fine too. Sandlot? Because when we were. Is that technically an internal monologue, or is that what, more narrator? Uh, Which more mean, narrator? That's narrator, but you narrator yeah. would be fine. You could do narrator too. Stand by narrator. me. Because the one, because the one that Sharon uh, brought up that I had completely forgotten about, I was like, why was this not the first one on the list? Was a uh, Christmas story. Sure. Yeah, she'd mm-hmm. never go for that. <laughs> yeah, Christmas, uh, man. I'll tell you, Christmas story has to be nice football. A football. What's a football? Yeah. No, I, as soon as she said that, I'm like, oh, why didn't I? It, that wasn't the one I ended up picking, but I was like, why was that not like the top of the list, at least of ones that needed to be considered? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, not much is coming to mind. So I guess, yeah, I guess if I'd say internal monologue, Christmas story is going to have to take it for me. I mean, okay. that's just a great movie anyways. Yeah. So. All right. I'm going to go Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, the Will Ferrell movie. Have you guys ever seen this one? I have not. It is. Uh, let me take a look real fast. It is from 2006. Um, it is rated PG 13, less than two hours. So it's not too long. And the premise of the movie is, uh, I think he works for the IRS and he wakes up one morning and all of a sudden he can hear a narrator, uh, narrating everything he's doing. Hmm. And so he's, he's hearing like, as he's brushing his teeth, he's hearing a narrator talk about and describing how he's brushing his teeth. And it's, I think it's Emma Thompson's voice, um, because she becomes a character later in the movie. And then as he's going through his morning and he's you know, like getting on the bus to go to work and everything else, the narrator is, he's like, he's kind of freaking out cause he's hearing this voice out loud. And then at one point, very early on in the movie, the narrator says something like, um, you know, little did he know that within the next few days he would die. And then he really starts to freak out because this narrator knows everything about him and knows exactly what he's doing. And, and, and sometimes before he knows what's going to happen. This uh, is, this is Will Ferrell. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's, it's a really funny movie. It's, okay. Uh, it, he's like the character in the book or something like that, or. Well, he ends up, yeah, he ends up finding out that he is the character in this author's book. Okay. But he's also a real person. And so Got it's it. kind of freaking him out because, you know, how could a book have been written about him and his life when right. he's a real person? And, yeah. Right. And now if I, if I gave a big reveal, I apologize, but I mean, I haven't seen the movie and I remember them. That was almost in like the trailers that they kind of set this up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good one. It's, it's got, um, Maggie Gyllenhaal is in it. It's got Emma Thompson, Will Ferrell, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, I think Dustin Hoffman plays the psychiatrist he ends up going to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a funny movie. So I I, yeah. I I think I would pick that one because I just I remember watching that for the first time. And like this is I I love the premise of this movie that he can hear this narrator and it's you know totally freaking him out. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what about? Let's see. Our next question is uh, favorite John Travolta role. And I had a list of movies going 
and I think I, I've really kind of gone back and forth on this. I think I'm gonna go Saturday Night Fever. Ooh, right. there you go. The dark horse candidate. But that was a really hard one to narrow down. I bet. Because there's three others that were almost on equal footing with that one. But I'll let you guys do yours. And then and if you don't take those other three, I'll I'll say what they are. Pat? Uh, you know what? I would say I was really leaning towards Pulp Fiction. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, yeah, I really got it. Because, I mean, that's just a fantastic movie. However, however, I'm going to go with the, uh, I'm going to go in terms of his favorite, my favorite uh, uh, role that he has. I'm going with uh, the other one that came out in 90 or in the 90s, um, Get Shorty. Mm, Very nice. I, I just, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling the list right now to make sure I'm not missing anything else, but um, it's, yeah, I, I haven't seen that. Oh, that one's pretty good too. Yeah, there's some really he's man, he's got quite a list here. But no, I, I mm-hmm. think that one was my favorite. I just love watching Chili Palmer. That that guy's just he's he's cool. Nice. All right, Bo, what have you got? So I, I, I'm guessing we all had Vincent Vega from Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. List. Yeah. Um the other one I had was Broken Arrow. Oh yeah. Uh, I one. do love that character. There's a there's a scene where they're riding around on the dune buggies and they're trading fire, and he looks at the other guy and goes, "Please don't shoot at the tactical nuclear yeah. weapons." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that just sums it all up for me right there. The way he just looks at him, he's very calm about it, but at the same time, not. <laughs> right, right. John, did you say yours again? What was yours? I did. Mine was Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever. That's right. The Dark Horse. Okay. So uh, I just wanted to make sure I'm just not totally blanking on this. But uh, Bo, to your point, when he says, please don't shoot. The, and, and he's just, he's so evil in that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he really can, he can bring it on both sides. I, I mean, he can be a good guy or a bad guy. And John, I know Literally. this is in, in the movie in face um, off in face off and that's uh-huh. why i and that's why i wanted to make sure that i had that right that you said saturday night fever cuz i know i mean you go ahead and talk about face off a little bit but i mean it's like i mean he does some pretty cool things with that in that movie if, that movie if, if you they could see both do some cool stuff in that movie if you could see the sheet of paper where i have written down all of the possible options mm-hmm. i have I have circled and crossed out face off like five times <laughs> and then ultimately circled Saturday night fever. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of other scribbles. Um, so yes, face off was almost chosen as my top one. Yeah, it was, it was cracking my list as well, but mm-hmm. I think it was, I, I still, I like broken arrow, like broken arrow is a movie that I will, if I'm clicking around and I have nothing else to watch and it's on, I will stop. Mm-hmm. And I will put the remote down and I will kick my feet up on the ottoman and I will just enjoy. Yeah. The other one that hasn't been mentioned yet is Greece. Yeah. I, <laughs> unfortunately for me, um, I've OD'd on Greece. Okay. Mm. And so it's really hard for me to put that on any list like okay. that. All right. I am sure I should, but I can't. <laughs> now I will say, I don't know if either of you have been to McDonald's recently. 
No, sort of. Really? Okay. They've they've taken away some of my favorite burgers that they had there for I don't know a couple of years now, and they've replaced them with these weird international burgers. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And the first time they did that, I'm looking at the menu and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. My normal thing that I like here is not here anymore. And they've replaced it with these things. And I'm looking at them going, a mozzarella chicken. I don't want that. What is this thing with the onions? And the... I don't want that. If you're going to give me international, just give me a Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I got upset. And like, I hear, I did. I heard and you, that went, and you ended up punting and going to Burger King and ordering Le Big Mac. Well, I, or you know what I mean. Le Whopper. I don't know. I didn't go to Burger King. <sighs> A little so Mac. I, <laughs> what I, do they call a Whopper? I don't know. Didn't go to Burger King. <laughs> um, that reminds <laughs> me. So I, now I have to ask, what do you normally order that is now gone? Uh, was it the Bacon Smokehouse Burger? Um, it was very good. Very good. Minus the fried onions. Not a fan of fried onions. but Oh, right. see, I like a little yeah. crispy. But it's, it's, it's gone now. So. Oh, that's sad. So sad. now I have to go. Now I have to go check out the Shake Shack, which is opened in Vernon Hills, which I hear yeah. is very good. That's on my list. I want to mm-hmm. try to hit that maybe this maybe next week. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about it. I've never been to one, so I'm intrigued. Uh, my sister took the kids. They said it was really good. Nice. So it's nice to have guinea pigs. Oh yeah, yeah. Send them first. I like yeah. this plan. Yeah, and I, I have no problem being a guinea pig either. So, all right. Final question of our five questions: uh, What celebrity would do your inner monologue? Oh. So if you could choose a celebrity to so, do your inner monologue and, and I had a short list going of some different options and I had one that was even circled. And then my family started asking me questions. Well, what about this? Well, what about this? I was like, oh man. So that's so, interesting because I so I'll, I'll tell you the one I originally well. circled. I'll, I'll tell you the one I originally circled here in a minute, yeah. but then I'll tell you the one that my family decided on for me. Uh, I crowdsourced my answers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I had originally thought, you know, the classics. I was thinking Morgan Freeman. There you go. Um, all, although difficult now, Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then my wife chimed in, and she okay. was right, of course. All right, what'd she say? Now I'm she really said, curious. Samuel L. Jackson would be perfect because mm-hmm. guaranteed to get a few MFers, mm-hmm. which, you know, always good. And I am noted for saying that. In fact, I think <laughs> if I was on Inside the Actor's Studio and I was asked what my favorite curse word was, mm-hmm. that would be it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but then. Can I assume form, that you've read the children's book that he narrated? I have not. You have not? You have I not know. read Go the, to Sleep? I have not. I need to. <gasps> I think we own it. I think we bought it. You own it. Have this. you ever heard? You ever heard the one that he narrates? No. Oh, I think it's on YouTube. I'll have to send no. it to you. I'll have to check oh, that out. Oh man, it's yeah, it's everything you want it to be. That's beautiful. <laughs> but my wife, in her infinite wisdom, probably hit it right on the head. That would be good. The voiceover for my my inner monologue is, and always shall be, William Shatner. Oh, good. That's this. She's right. 150%. Now I just want to hear your inner monologue as you sing along to songs in the car. Right? <laughs> Lucy in the sky. With diamonds. With Have you diamond, heard any of his nonsense? Diamonds, diamonds. He has a spoken word album where he does exactly what you just did. 
Yes, he does. And it's creepy weird. It's everything you want it to be. We stumbled upon it. I think um, the comedy, maybe it was the comedy channel on Sirius was playing it one day or something. Okay. It was everything you would expect and as horrifying as you might think. It was just all rolled into one ball of what is this? That's outstanding. <laughs> that is, I love it. Patrick? Oh man, I'm just trying to, I'm just imagining your life with those internal monologues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of going deep dive on that. Okay. So I would say like my gut reaction, it would probably be something like, and I, I have to run mine through the family test, you know, but I think mine might be Ben Stiller. Oh, I very think, nice. Yeah, I think Ben Stiller would be given away. You know, because I think, and I've even had people tell me that if they was a, they, they think that Ben Stiller would play me in a movie. And it's just sort of like, you know, an amalgamation of a lot of his characters, like the meet the meet the parents kind of um, Ben Stiller, you know, like that. And not, not so much in any way, shape, or form like a relation with my in-laws, but just like what he manages to get himself into, you sure. know? And it's like a little bit of sarcastic, a little bit of sardon, you know, a little bit over his head and all this. Like, I could see that. Um, um, that could be my internal monologue. However, I also see... You ever see, tried to milk a cat? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, um, would, would you milk me? Uh, <laughs> where's my cat? <laughs> Fokker, did you try and milk my cat? <laughs> Oh man, those yeah. were great. Those were great movies. Okay, but I would say Ben Stiller would be the one. And then I, I guess I could also see R. Lee Ermy. Did I oh, say? Yeah, I go. could. I could. I could see that um, being an internal monologue for certain situations in my life, whether I'm like talking to myself or like dealing with like like that could be it. And then the the one that's the outside that I have to just go back and listen to more. Um, do you guys remember any, like checking out like the spoke, like Henry Rollins, mm -hmm. you know, any of that, like, I just remember some of the stuff, like maybe, maybe him, or it would be like, you know, maybe, maybe some like stand up comics or something like that. But I, I would say Ben Stiller would probably be like the number one. Okay. But then also, yeah, I, I don't know, like, uh. Because I also, my internal monologue, sometimes it, it tends to be that, like a little over that, but I tend to be, it tends to be, you know, also super sarcastic. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think, and maybe it comes out, but a lot of times, a lot of times my internal monologue, it's like, I, I usually say the second or third thing that comes to mind. I don't, I try not to say the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, yeah, it's, no. It's usually too biting and mm -hmm. too sarcastic. So, you know, so, so yeah. Yeah, I guess, I think I'll stick with Ben Stiller as I talk my way through the question. Or like, or like I said, Arlie Ermey, you know, for, mm -hmm. for, for certain situations. But I, I would say Ben Stiller would probably be like the number one for me. Okay. Now, I, I kind of took this as partly was, you know, what, what would fit my personality, mm -hmm. but also partly if this was just a movie where I was a baby and someone, I wanted someone to just have a, a really awesome voice. 
to mm-hmm. do my inner monologue. It didn't have to be a baby, but if I just want somebody with a really awesome voice to do my inner monologue. So if we're just going with awesome voice, the one that I f- kind of fell on, you know, as, as my top choice was, uh, I figured let's just go Don LaFontaine. Mm-hmm. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just go straight up in a world where, you know, that, you know, that guy, the movie well, trailer then. guy. Right. Um, Sam so. Elliott could be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so I had, I had him, I had Patrick Stewart as one option. Uh, um, I had, but then if, if we wanted to get kind of into like the, maybe a little bit closer to personality, I figured Mark Hamill would be a great one mm-hmm. because you, you've got a lot of different choices with Mark Hamill. Um, I have always said, and this is why I enjoyed the cartoon, uh, inside out so much. Mm-hmm. I've always said that my angry inner monologue is Lewis black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like when I, when I get angry, those are kind of the thoughts that run through my head is very much a Lewis black kind of voice. Um, Mm -hmm. but I asked my family and my family was like, okay, well, Hmm. A bit of goofy, a bit of sarcastic, a bit of like, they were running through all these different things and they were like, was it, does it have to be like somebody American? I was like, well, no. They're like, well, you really like Scottish stuff. I was like, yeah, I do. That would be really cool to have like a cool Scottish voice for your inner monologue. So my family voted. What's that? Jehovah starts with an I. Well, right. Well, (laughs) no, 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 no. See, see, you've gone with someone more distinguished. You've gone with Sean Connery. Yes. My family voted, and my family voted on groundskeeper Willie. Oh, that's even better. So my inner monologue is groundskeeper Willie from The Simpsons. That is flipping outstanding in which case we then had to go watch the best of we had found on youtube the best moments of groundskeeper willie oh that's too good i was like no this is just this is outstanding it's a it's it's got my two favorites of his the part where and i forget exactly what's happening but he's got to go up through the vents to try to save somebody and he runs into the cafeteria and he looks at the cafeteria later and he goes lunch lady doris do we have any grease Yes. yes, yes, we I believe, do. I believe I know this one. And then he rips his shirt off. Then grease me up, woman. And she just stares at him for a second. She goes, okie dokie. <laughs> <laughs> I know and, this episode. And then my other favorite one is when they're talking about, uh, they see Bart and Lisa are uh, swinging together and they're out on the playground and they're getting along. And the uh, the principal and, and Mrs. Krabappel are in the office and groundskeeper Willie is there too. And the principal says something like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's weird that they're kind of getting along. Maybe they'll rub off on each other. Maybe he'll be, uh, maybe she'll be a good influence on him, or maybe she'll be corrupted by him or and then groundskeeper Willie goes, ah, brothers and sisters, like sworn enemies, uh, you know, much like the Scots and the English and then much like the, the Scots and the Welsh and the Scots and the Japanese. And the Scots and the Scots and other Scots. Oh, stupid Scots. They really ruined Scotland. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. As only groundskeeper Willie can say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, we could go distinguished with Sean Connery, but we went groundskeeper Willie. All right. That's uh-huh. freaking well awesome. done. Okay. Right. You know what? Yeah. That just got, that just got me thinking now. So here's the thing. Here's the guy I thought, here's the guy I couldn't think of. You know, you have you seen the Key and Peel sketch, the anger translator? Yes, Luther. Yeah, Luther. The, what's his name? Keegan Michael Key. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that would be my internal monologue. There you go. 
like like that that like that would be the the form of it just like it's translates in my head and that's that's usually honestly that's about 99.9% of my life like something will happen and it'll just be like da -da 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 -da, but in my head it's just you know have you ever seen the one where uh, President Obama is actually giving a speech and King oh, and Michael yeah. shows oh, up? Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He he did it at one of the press corps dinners yep. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one was that was very good. He gets all fired up, and all of a sudden Luther's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, hold on, Mr. President. Um, uh, uh, I, you, you crazy? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that is that is good. Nice. Ah." Uh, all right. Well, I think that's probably going to do it for look who's talking. Uh, yeah. I, I think we've decided that all the people who don't like this movie are totally wrong. Yeah. And, they, uh, yeah, they're not the real people. They're like I said, they're just disappearing cause they're in the bubble and we'll Odd break people. out of the, yeah, they're the, they're the fake people. Mm -hmm. They're the, uh, don't tell me yet. Cause I haven't finished it, but they are the fake people that are in the upside down. John, you need to watch stranger things three because I'm, we I'm, need to I'm, discuss. I got to, I got to finish it. I, I told Tammy, I'm like, you got to watch stranger things three because I need to talk about this with someone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, I did get Sharon to watch the first season with me. So we have gone through together. We've gone through seasons one and two, and that's we're, okay. we're two episodes into three. So that's awesome. Tammy stalled yeah. out in season two and I'm okay. like, why, why didn't you finish? Like, I need to go back and rewatch it. So mm -hmm. let's do this together. Okay. Okay. Well, we made a trade-off. I watch I watch Outlander. She watches uh, Stranger Things with me. And yeah. the big secret is I like Outlander just as much as she does. So yeah, Outlander. I mean, I I, uh, I mean that's cool. You know, mm -hmm. it's time travel and the it's, stones and it's Scottish, Scottish and time travel. So it's I, Scottish that's really, and that's really all I need. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. All right. Well, that's going to do it for Look Who's Talking, and uh, that's going to do it for this episode. So thank you for joining us. And um, I was going to say what episode we've got coming up next, and then I realized I had accidentally closed that little window on my computer. So let me pull that up really fast. Um, so it looks like our next one uh, for the month of July is going to be Parenthood. Oh, and yeah. The next one after that is The Fabulous Baker Boys. And then uh, if we get to it, we may have a kind of a summer blockbuster roundup. Uh, if any of us have had a chance to see some of the big movies that came out this summer, we had a few people on Twitter asking if we were going to do a Spider-Man far from home episode. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Have you guys had a chance to see that one yet? I, I have, have not, not yet. I was going to hope to do it this weekend, but okay. It's, it's good stuff. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. So, and I, I cheated. I already knew some things because I've read the comic books and nobody else in my family has, so mm -hmm. they didn't know what was going to happen, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Lot of fun. There's cool. definitely, I mean, it's a Marvel movie, so definitely stay all the way through to the end of the credits. Sure. Um, there's a couple things after that that are kind of big deals. So fun stuff, but yeah, hey, wait good. a minute. Oh, go ahead. Say, finish. Your no, I, I was just saying really good movie. Was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2019, was that this year as well? No, that was last year. That was 2018. Okay. I think okay. it was early on 2018. But that's a good one, too, if you haven't seen that one. We watched yeah, that. The whole, really good too. the whole family, we watched okay. that. And it yeah. was like, Daniela loved it. I mean, like, yeah. everybody loved that movie. And it's just my thoughts last week about Toy Story 4 and Trainer Dragon 3. Mm -hmm. it, it's just, we're in a run of some really good animated films going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, cool, man. 
really, really quickly, if people want to kind of get ahead of the game here, uh, in August, our theme in August is Life and Death Month. Uh, so we've got Steel Magnolias, Ghostbusters 2, Weekend at Bernie's, and Always. And then September is our kind of like back to school kids month. We've got All Dogs Go to Heaven, The Little Mermaid, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and Little Monsters. Um, and if you want to get morbid with kids, we may do a uh, episode on It Chapter 2. Yeah. That comes out. So we'll, we'll see. Although the kids are growing up in that one. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. Uh, then October, Pat's favorite month of the year. October is our horror month. Uh, we've got a, uh, a movie from Australia. Okay? I pulled this one out of the vault somewhere. Um, called Celia. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee none of you have seen it before. So okay. we'll see how that goes because I haven't either. Uh, uh, and then we've got Pet Cemetery. We've got Nightmare on Elm Street 5. We've got Leviathan and Shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we get to these as extra episodes, we might have an episode for Zombieland Double Tap. Uh, and we might have one for The Joker. Oh, fun. So we'll see. But those are our next couple of months coming up as we finish out July with Parenthood and the Fabulous Baker Boys, uh, then running into August with our Life and Death movies and September with our kids movies. And then October is our typical horror month of the year. So so that's what we got coming up the next few months or so. So if you want to check out those movies ahead of time, feel free to go do that. And then you can join us here as we record those uh, and get those out to you each week. So thank you, Pat. Thank you, Bo. Thank you, thank John. You. Thanks, John. All right. uh, Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we will see you back here next week for Parenthood. Bye.